We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Glad to be here with you. All right, K-State fans, let's get to it. We put it off for the entire first hour. I don't really want to talk about it because, man, it is a disappointing Monday. Uh, At home, Tulane, who we thought Tulane would be the best opponent they've faced. But that was bad, Tommy. What in the world? This is the kind of crap we were dealing with last year. Um, Yeah, it was. It was bad. I mean, look, I think we all know now what the game plan is to beat Kansas State. Uh, It's pretty clear Tulane played it to perfection, and they were able to, uh, you know, to to basically strip away any sort of forward momentum that the Wildcats had. Make them throw to beat you, right? I mean, you know, Deuce Vaughn left the game for a little bit, which was interesting. Adrian Martinez, look, and and I think the same thing. Like, they can't get anything going in the passing game. Adrian Martinez hasn't been able to. I mean, 21 of 31 is not off, but 20 completions for 150 yards. Um, That's not going to cut it. And, you know, he, he was – he he rushed the ball relatively well, four and a half yards a carry. But if this offense can't find a way to push it in the passing game, it's going to be the same problem they had a year ago. Like they have to get more dynamic down the field or teams are going to not let them. They're basically just going to crowd everything up and not let them do anything. That's That's the problem we saw last year. The defense was really good again, and you can't have that happen. They were taking the ball away. I mean, Tulane only scored 17 points. That That is not going to be okay. I always cautioned everybody with Adrian Martinez, don't expect too much out of this guy. We've seen him for four years. We sort of know what he is. And, and the thought was, well, if he can just take care of the ball, they'll be fine. But that's not the case, man. They have got – he's got to push it a little bit. And they say, and, and Chris Kleiman said it after the game. They've got to convince him to, to be willing to cut it loose. But 
you know, Colin Klein was supposed to fix this issue that was a big issue when Skylar Thompson wasn't on the field last year. Uh, we're keep, we keep being told that they're hiding things in the playbook for Oklahoma. Okay, well, that nobody else does that, right? Like, we don't see other great teams hiding things in the playbook. They're, they're housing people, right? So K-State looked great through two weeks, and they scored 40 on Missouri, and they didn't need to throw the ball. But hiding something obviously comes back to bite you in the butt. And I'm not convinced they're hiding something, Tommy, because I don't know that they have it in there to really be explosive in the passing game. Yeah, I, I don't think that they do. And, and I was really holding out hope that they did and that it was something that we just hadn't seen yet and that there would be some sort of switch that would be flipped and Adrian Martinez would be able to start working the ball north and south a, a little bit more. That didn't happen. Hats off to Tulane's defense because, you know, one thing that Deuce Vaughn is really good at, and he's been good at this throughout his entire career at Kansas State, is finding the angle. And they just, they, they shut that down like defensively. And I think that that's got to be the game plan against Kansas state moving forward is stack the box, stop the run, you know, sell out to the run and make Adrian Martinez beat you with his arm. And that was the game plan going in. And, you know, we talked about it on Friday as we were previewing this game that, you know, obviously Tulane is a, a better opponent than either of the teams that Kansas State, I mean, including Missouri, better than any of the other opponents that Kansas State has faced up to this point. But on top of that, Willie Fritz is a better coach than what Kansas State had seen up to that point. And, you know, he had, he called a great game, especially defensively. And I think that he realized, look, we don't need to put up a ton of points in this game to beat Kansas State. We just have to stop them from putting up a ton of points. And so Deuce Vaughn, yeah, he left the game uh, for a little bit, but he carried the ball 20 times for 81 yards. That's four yards a carry. That's not bad, but that's not what Kansas State has come to expect out of Deuce Vaughn. And, I, and that's not a knock on Vaughn. That's a, a credit to the defense of Tulane and figuring out ways to stack the box and stop him. And then you look at it, you know, we talked in the last hour, Jacob, about KU and what they were able to do on third down. Kansas State was awful on third down, third and fourth down. I mean, there were so many different drives that stalled throughout the entire game. I mean, Kansas State was two of 15 on third down, one of five on fourth down. It was just, it was not good. They were not able to keep drives going. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they, they couldn't keep their offense on the field. I'm going to take a minute to gripe about ESPN Plus because it was being janky all the way through. Like, for whatever reason, I talked to other people who were having the same issue. Like, couldn't get it on TV. When it was coming on TV, it was trying to start the game over. It was fine on the phone, but it was sort of hard to watch, you know, intently that game for a while anyway. So that was annoying. But, yeah, everything about that game was annoying. Everything. It was a... It was an insanely frustrating game because it felt like last year, right? That felt like last year when they just could not be any sort of dynamic offensively. And we all love Deuce Vaughn. I'm fine with him carrying the ball a ton. But if you cannot stretch a defense, it's not going to happen for you. The expectations for K-State won't be there. All of that being said, glass half full in the reality of this season that game means absolutely nothing k-state was never going undefeated this year they're not going to contend for a national title throw tomatoes at me if you want to but that wasn't going to happen that was uh, that's an unreasonable expectation this does nothing to the chances of k-state to win the big 12 so 
that's the expectation. That's what you want to shoot for. That's what you want to look at. Can they compete and try to win the Big 12, right? I never thought that this team was running it, running to the table and going undefeated to play for a national title anyway. So for my expectations, this game doesn't do anything in the win-loss column. It does do something, though, in what we're seeing on the field because we're three weeks in now, and two of those games came against bad defenses, and we are not seeing anything out of the passing game. And that was the problem we saw last year. And now all of a sudden, when we talk about a change at quarterback and we talk about a change with Colin Klein taking over, it just it's a it is a frightening moment for K State fans because you're like, well, wait a minute. Has there been any progress made? And correct me if I'm wrong, K State fans, eight six nine twelve forty, but man, I think that's the vibe right now coming out of Manhattan. Is are we doing this again this year? Like, are we going to waste Deuce Vaughn and this great defense and, and a pretty good line to to watch the passing game do nothing again? And if the passing game's going to do nothing, how quickly are calls for Jake Rubley going to be? Tommy, to get him in there, just give it a shot. I mean, look, people are like trying to dunk on me on on Twitter saying I told you Adrian Martinez wasn't any good. I'm like, look, who are you talking to? I'm the one trying to caution everybody to not expect too much out of this guy. We've seen Adrian Martinez. I know he's not going to come out and be Skylar Thompson, but he's got to be closer to it than what we've seen so far. Uh, look, I'm not I'm not ready yet to crucify Adrian Martinez, and I'll tell I'm you not why. Either, re- but I'll tell you why. The, the, it's it's very simple. Look, go back to that second quarter and the the throw and the catch from Martinez to Cade Warner for the touchdown. That was the first time all season we've seen Adrian Martinez air the ball out. That's probably partially on him and the decision-making, but it's also partially on Colin Klein as well. We Adrian Martinez can do it. Is he a, uh, you know, he can. He, he did it in Nebraska. He wasn't great in Nebraska. I, I, okay, okay, I'm not going to sit here and say that he was a, a fantastic quarterback, but he could throw the ball down the field. He did it at Nebraska. He can do it at K-State. And Chris Kleiman said it in the postgame. They've got to put him in situations to where he's able to do that and where he feels comfortable and confident enough to do it. He can do it. It's just a matter of will he do it and will they play to allow him to do it? There were so many different plays throughout the course of that game where he was throwing the ball short, you know, short of the sticks, uh, not really. And it and it looked like, yeah, that's partially his progression and, and decision-making progress, but it's play calling, Right. That's play right. Calling. I mean, right. I mean, I, so call better I, I love Colin Klein too, and Colin Klein is having a massive, massive, massive impact. But that a lot of that's play calling, right? Like you, you can't just, um, <laughs> you just can't, you can't run those routes short of the sticks. I, I don't know, man. I so much of Adrian Martinez's role was just take care of the football, don't turn it over, which was kind. Of, but now it's like, okay, well. Our defense is good enough. If you want to take a few chances, you probably should start doing that because we can't come out and score 10 points on Tulane at home. Or Oklahoma's going to kill us. I don't know what to expect out of Oklahoma, that game. I really don't. Like, I don't know what to do with that game. Nebraska, who's been really good offensively, did nothing against the Sooners, and the Sooners now have looked phenomenal defensively. Oh, and by the way, they have the best defensive coordinator in the country who nobody could pry away Kansas's own Brent Venables is there now. Oklahoma's defense looks fantastic. 
You think KU, if they can't score at home against Tulane, is going to go into Norman and start putting up points against the Sooners? Well, you know, like, I, this is a big I problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit that I think I said a week ago that the first true test for Kansas State would be that game against OU. It wasn't. The first true test was the game against Tulane. And, and they uh, you failed know, I miserably. Really, without I mean, a doubt. I, and, I don't want to pull punches because I'm pro-K-State. Like, I, I'm very bullish on this season. I've thought and still think, by the way, for as annoying as the loss to Tulane was, I still do think that K-State can contend for the top of the Big 12. I don't know, though, right now on September 19th how we can see them going to Norman on September 24th after what we just saw and think we're going to get much out of that offense. Do you think that Kansas State at this point right now is a better football team than Nebraska? Because that's got to oh, be absolutely. kind of the comparison, right? Are they better yes. than Nebraska? So will yes. they will they play Oklahoma closer than yes. what we saw? Okay, Oklahoma's I mean, not so, going to boat race Kansas State. Kansas State's still great defensively and still has Deuce Vaughn. Fair. But at the same time, you look at, I mean, Oklahoma, yeah, you mentioned how solid they were defensively. They were absolutely complete all the way around. And so all those folks in the Big 12 that have talked about how great Oklahoma State is, how great Baylor is, will OU take a step back without Lincoln Riley? I think those questions were put to bed. OU is complete. They are outstanding. And there's no reason for me to think that, you know, especially what we saw with Kansas State against Tulane, it might not be a boat race, but man, unless Kansas State shows something different, I don't think it's going to be particularly close this weekend. Kansas State is way better, way better than Nebraska. Let me just start there. Like, way better. Nebraska's a joke. Okay, they're they're a dumpster fire. Kansas State is far, far, far from that. Kansas State just has one glaring issue, and it's the same issue that a pretty good Kansas State had last year, is they cannot push the ball down the field in the passing game. Now, last year in Skylar Thompson games, obviously they could, but when they didn't have Skylar Thompson— their passing game it, it, it is almost non-existent as far as its effectiveness to push the ball down and, and keep a defense honest. Oklahoma's I'm going to tell you one thing. 13 points. In that I'm going to tell you one way. thing right, right now, Jacob. If Kansas State plays on third down the way that they did against Tulane, against Oklahoma, it will be a boat race. Two of 15 on third down, you can't keep your offense on the field. It will absolutely be. A, I mean, yeah, the, the spread is, what would you say, 13, 13 and a half? It will be far more than that if Kansas State has a third down game like they did against Tulane. Bottom line. Like, I mean, I, it, there's a lot of if Kansas State does X, Y, or Z that we saw it against Tulane, they're not going to have a chance. I, I think that we have to expect some improvement and adjustments to be made in practice this week. That's obviously priority one. I think that the defense looked good again. I'm like, I'm not worried about the defense, and I still think it's a top unit in the league. One of, Oklahoma's obviously in the conversation, but outside of Oklahoma, what defense have you felt better about? Maybe Texas? I mean, that's it, right? Like, Kansas State's right there defensively with any of them. And I do think that Deuce Vaughn is, you know, top two to three dynamic offensive players in the league. But if they can't throw the ball, Deuce Vaughn can be taken away, right? I mean, that's it's as simple as just loading up the box. And when you're as as talented as Oklahoma is, that's you know that that's going to make it even harder on Vaughn in that run game. 
if they cannot keep defenders out of the box. I, I just, I look at it, and I don't know what to think because I, I do think that there's a good chance that Oklahoma flexes on them a little bit. I'm not saying, sure. and, and I don't know what that means. The good news for Kansas State will be that after that, they get Tech, Iowa State, and TCU before Oklahoma State. So they'll have a chance, no matter what happens this week, to sort of rally around it and get better, right, and, 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 and improve. The problem is that this glaring deficiency now proved itself to be a deficiency right before you have the toughest game on your schedule, which is in Norman. Yeah. I don't think there's and, any and, question about that. Right. Here's the reason why it's so glaring it is because outside of the quarterback play, and extending drives, really offensively, it wasn't that bad. Like, Kansas State played a fairly clean game. They didn't turn the ball over one time against Tulane. They won the time of possession against Tulane. They they really didn't have a ton of penalties. They had five penalties, 23 yards uh, of penalties. Really not a ton. They played a fairly clean game for the most part, held onto the football, but they could not convert on third down or fourth down. Seven punts in that game. And I'm sorry, if you're punting seven times against the Sooners, you're not going to be anywhere close to winning that game, much less covering the spread. It's uh, I, I Here's what I hope. I hope that this overreaction, that, well, I hope that this is an overreaction, and I hope that Kansas State gets to dunk on everybody who doubted them. That's what I hope, because that's going to get things back on track. Now, whether that means a win or not, I don't know. But this game needs to be competitive, and they need to throw the football. And the thing is, like, Adrian Martinez threw it 31 times, right? That, yeah. That's, But it's not enough, right? They, they threw it more than Tulane threw it. But yep. when you're, you know, when you complete 21 passes at seven yards of completion, that's just not going to do it right. in these big-time games. You know, the you, other thing you I think, have to be able to do better than right. seven yards of completion. That that's that's insanity. Tulane Something, had fewer completions, but Tulane was throwing right. it at double. You know, they were doubling the yardage on every completion that they made. Something else to keep in mind with this game on Saturday against Oklahoma: there's a real likelihood that Kansas State is going to fall behind fairly early. There's no way you're getting back into that game by throwing the ball five, six, seven yards a time, you know, and, and averaging seven yards of completion. Not going to happen. So if Kansas State finds themselves in a 14-0 hole, a 21-7 hole, whatever it is, they're going to have to air the ball out. This is We've been saying this for weeks. This is nothing new. Eventually, Adrian Martinez is going to have to throw the football down the field, and Colin Klein is going to have to call plays to allow that to happen. You don't it have to so say eventually because it presented we're we're itself this past yeah. Saturday. We're here and they now. couldn't do it. It's not eventually they're going to need to. They need yeah. to now. They needed to against Tulane, and they couldn't. So it's not an eventuality. It's a reality. Yeah. Like, that has to happen now. It's can they do it? I, I, there, there's been nothing so far this season to make me think that they can. And if it was that they're trying to hide plays for Oklahoma, that is a coaching mistake. Because you needed it against Tulane, and you didn't have it. So if it's there and they were hiding it, it's a mistake that can be corrected very quickly, obviously. But my bigger concern is it's just not there. 
that it, it doesn't exist at this point. It doesn't, and they need to. That's got to be the number one focus going into practice this week. Is how do we keep this? And and you mentioned, it, you know, this game against OU needs to stay competitive. You need to identify what that means. What does competitive mean? It doesn't mean covering the spread, because I I think that. I don't know. From what we, I think reality saw, based. If they covered the spread, that would be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, looking at what they did against Tulane, I mean, I, I don't want to be, you know, sky is falling, chicken little here. They're not going to win this football game. Uh, from what I saw from OU taking on Nebraska and just absolute, and of, of course Nebraska, Nebraska is not a good program, but they Nebraska put sucks. it on Nebraska. They I know they're terrible team. though. Look, I just in what like, reality could, does Kansas State win this game? If you the look same at reality they, that Kansas State lost a game to Tulane, that reality, the same reality that Tulane was able to beat Kansas State on the road, that's the reality. Because going into last week, let's let's erase last week, right, and let's pretend like it's Monday, September twelfth. It's Monday, September twelfth. You probably at that point would have thought it was just as likely that Tulane could come to Manhattan and beat Kansas State as Kansas State go to Norman and beat Oklahoma. Fair? Sure, fair. I, I, and, I, and I only bring that up because time will— t- I don't know if we're overreacting. I don't think that we're overreacting, but I do think the possibility exists that we are overreacting, and this was just a really bad game for Kansas State. I hope— I really hope that Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein made a really critical error and did hold things back in the playbook like we've been told they were doing. If they were that ambitious and it blew up in their face, it's a mistake that I'd love to see that they made because it means it is there and they can do it. I just don't know that that's reality or not, and we'll ask we'll ask Tim Fitzgerald on Thursday who's going to, you know, he's he's he hears from people, all sorts of people connected to the program, were they still trying to hide plays? And was that a mistake? Or did the plays exist and they just don't, you know, they just don't have them? I, I, that's, that's the real key to me. But yeah, I think, look, do I think Kansas State's going to go to Norman and beat Oklahoma? No, I do not. But I also don't think we thought Tulane was going to go to Manhattan and beat Kansas State. So it's college football and anything's possible especially when you're as good as Kansas State is defensively, and especially when you have the kind of player Deuce Vaughn is, and especially when you almost never lose the special teams battle. Yes, it's possible that they go into Norman and beat Oklahoma. For sure it is. It just doesn't seem likely when we don't see them capable of you know, completing more than seven-yard passes. Yeah, I, I'm less on the train of you know, Adrian Martinez can't do it, and I'm more on the train of Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman need to put him in positions to be able to do it. Mm. And and that's that's where I live right now. Until until I see, you know, multiple games with with Adrian Martinez wearing purple to show that he just he literally can't do it. Right now, as far as I'm concerned, it's a play calling thing. I don't think Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback in the Big 12, not even close, but I think he can complete those plays down the field. He had a great pass to to Cade Warner for a touchdown on Saturday. We need to see more of that. As the season goes on, let me. I, I'm going to just do something here real quick. Let's go to Let's go to Martinez last year. I want to see what his yards per completion were last year. Hang tight. Nine under ten. This is who he is. I mean, this is what he does. He's like a ten yard completion kind of guy. 
So I do think it's Adrian Martinez. I, I think I do think that's the issue because Kleiman and Klein were fine when Skylar Thompson was in last year, right? That that dynamic that he was fantastic. So I I do think it's an Adrian Martinez thing. What I don't know is is Jake Rubley capable? If it is an Adrian Martinez thing, is Jake Rubley capable of jumping in there and opening up the pass game? I have no idea. I don't think you question. hit that panic button anytime soon. I'm nowhere near that point yet. If you want to compete in the Big 12 and they can't do anything offensively against Oklahoma, what's holding you back? It's one game. It's one game against Tulane. I, 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 I agree. Agree. But what if it's two games against Oklahoma? Sure. And it's the same thing. Because Adrian Martinez not pushing it down the field isn't one game. Not, he's three for three on that. Like, he's he's over. On, on pushing the ball down the field so far as Wildcat through three games. So, yeah, it's one loss, but it's three games that we've seen it. I don't know. Cat fans, 869-1240, you can always weigh in. Uh, we'll switch gears, go back to the NFL a little bit. Massive, massive injury uh, in the ranks of the NFL among contenders to San Francisco. I contend that they're better with Jimmy G anyway. And it makes me wonder, like, where would some of these – Top-end NFC teams rank in the AFC. It feels like it's heavily weighted one direction this year. We'll talk about all that as we continue. Uh, congratulations to our winner on our giveaway. We gave some uh, Wichita Thunder tickets away to the opener as well as some HTO free tea cards. So congratulations uh, to our winner there. We'll do that throughout the week here and uh, give some of those away. Have some fun with it. We'll come back. Sports Daily continues on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster joining you here. Uh, we had our first major quarterback injury. We saw Justin Herbert get banged up on Thursday. Uh, jury's still out on his status. But Trey Lance finally gets his opportunity. They set things up for him, and he's out for the year. What a weird and wild ride the Trey Lance experience has been for the NFL. Doesn't play his rookie year, well, for all intents and purposes, right? And then they're ready to hand the reins over. They let everybody know they want to move Jimmy Garoppolo. They can't move Jimmy Garoppolo. And then whatever happens, they see it, and they make sure they have Jimmy Garoppolo as the highest-paid backup quarterback in football. I don't think that was in case of a Trey Lance injury. I think that was a case of if Trey Lance can't handle it, they at least have Jimmy G, who has taken them to a Super Bowl. Well, now it's Jimmy G's show again. No more Lance. I think this makes San Francisco better in the short term and probably elevates them back to being a, a Super Bowl contender. But this sucks for Trey Lance. I don't know that it sucks for the 49ers as far as winning games this year. I'm going to take it a step further and, and say this is better for the 49ers in the long term too. Uh, I, I think it's actually good for Trey Lance. I mean, there was a lot of... of expectations on Trey Lance's shoulders. Like, look, we're handing you the keys to this team. We have a roster that could contend for a Super Bowl. We need you to take them there. That's a lot of pressure for a young kid that really 
hasn't done a whole lot. Like, and I'm not saying that he, he can't do it. I'm just saying we don't know. Like nobody really knows if he can do it or not. So you get an opportunity to, yeah, you've got a broken ankle and you're out for the year. That sucks. But you've also got a chance to like sit out the rest of the year, go through the off season, try to get better, try to learn more, you know, be as present as you can with the 49ers, learn more from Jimmy G if you can. I think it makes I think it makes Trey Lance and this organization better in the long term. It's actually good for everybody, in my opinion, unless I'm missing something that I, I'm not thinking about. But I don't think I am. I think this is a good thing overall for everybody. It, it is. I mean, it, except for Trey Lance, because I think it's good for Trey Lance. I don't know. Well, to see his foot that way for a quarterback that uses well, his legs sure. is a little bit frightening. I, I get what you mean, though, in his development. But what if what if the Niners end up one of the best teams in the NFC with Jimmy G there? At what point do the Niners say, you know what? Let's just keep riding Jimmy G here. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they. I, I think that the reason they were off Jimmy G in the first place is because he always gets hurt, and they were just they saw an opportunity for a player they really liked. But I don't think Trey Lance was ready. Um, will he ever be ready? I don't know. But we're not going to find out for a long time here. I do though. I do think this makes the Niners better this year, and I think we agree on that. So do they become the favorite in the NFC now? With this, is, What a weird dynamic, right? You lose your starting quarterback, and now all of a sudden you might be the favorite in the NFC. I know we like the Vikings. We share brain on that. Um, but when we look at it, you've got Minnesota. I think Philly feels like they're in that conversation. Green Bay – Maybe. I mean, they looked fine last night. They were playing the Bears, and the Bears stink. Uh, you've you've certainly got Tampa in there who withstood a really tough matchup when all their receivers and so many offensive linemen were hurt. They leaned on their defense yesterday. Tampa may be the actual favorite. The Rams almost blew it to the Falcons, right? So I don't, I don't know what to think about the Rams anymore. But th- that's the top, really, of the NFC, right? So when we think about that and we compare that to the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, right? Uh, I think you can put um, – I, th- I think that you can – well, the Bengals are probably out at that point, but the Ravens, the Dolphins maybe are in that mix. Like it feels to me like whoever it is that you say is the best team in the NFC would maybe be the fifth best in the AFC right now because I'm taking the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Bills at least above everybody else. I'll take those three, right? At least those three. And and I think that the Dolphins have a case to be in there. Probably the Ravens do too, who the Dolphins just beat in a weird game. But I think I, I, I'm not sure I'd put anybody above those two teams out of the NFC right now. I love how as you're ranking the NFC teams – you did not say a word about any team from the NFC East. Like there's, you didn't. Oh, I, the I mean, Eagles. I said the Eagles think that they're in the mix. The Eagles are playing a big prove it game tonight. This the Vikings Eagles man, talk about being pumped for a game. I'm really excited about that game. Yeah, I, I think that when you look at you know the the NFC, um, I, and the, the final thing I want to mention about the 49ers, by the way, before we completely move away from them is that I've seen a lot of people giving a ton of credit to Kyle Shanahan in the front office. And yeah, that was so smart of you to, to keep Jimmy G. I think it's just dumb luck. Like they didn't want him. And it was pretty clear they didn't want him. They were trying to get him out of town. They couldn't find a, a suitable trade partner. 
They couldn't get the return that they wanted out of him. It's kind of like I, I was thinking about this last night. You remember uh, the, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, and the, mm-hmm. the security guard that kept winning the bets, and he would shrug his shoulders like sheepishly, you know, sheepishly like the curly-haired guy. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. That's the way the 49ers are right now. Like, I oh, don't know how this happened, but we lucked out. We got Jimmy G, you know, to keep – playing for us for the rest of the season. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to count them out. I think that they're a contender, but I'm not ready to count the Rams out either. I think they've got a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I think they'll get it worked out. I still like them. I like the Vikings. I'm not sold on the Buccaneers with uh, the injuries that they've got. They looked pretty bad for the first three quarters of that game against New yeah, Orleans. They, they lost Evans in the game. They don't have Godwin. They don't have Julio Jones. They have four offensive linemen hurt. Tampa feels like a team that if they – and I don't know the extent of all the injuries. I know the wide receiver injuries they can come back from. I don't know how healthy their line can get. But I, Tampa, they're good defensively. Like, I, I think if I had to place a bet on the NFC rep right now, it'd have to be Tampa because hmm. at some point if they get healthy, it. they're going to be really, really good I'm not, with I'm not those wide it. receivers. Well, no, I'm no. not tu- – look, I wouldn't put it on anybody in the NFC. I think it's wide open. Um, I San Francisco. Where okay? So where does San Francisco with Jimmy G rank back in there now? Um, they're they're up there. I mean, they're contenders without a doubt. But they've got to go through L.A. And I still like the Rams. Like, yeah, their offensive line was not great, but they're the defending Super Bowl champions. They've got Sean McVay, who's one of the best coaches in the NFL. It's kind of like what you were talking about before, and I don't disagree with you about the AFC West about how it's it's Kansas City's until proven otherwise. That's the way that it is, in my opinion, in the NFC West. It's the Rams until proven otherwise. Well, I just don't – I mean, they almost lost to the Falcons yesterday. Falcons had an opportunity to come back and win that game. I, I don't know about the Rams. I, I don't know about any of them. I mean, they all have massive issues. Uh, the Packers came back and did what they needed to do yesterday. They got back to running the ball, which we thought they would do anyway. They were very effective there. But Rodgers still didn't have – you know – he was fine throwing the football, but none of his receivers were great catching the football. Nobody had more than three catches. Um, so I, I, I'm going to hold back on the Packers. I, Packers I'm going to just be fine. say absolute undecided. I know they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. But are they capable of getting to the level they need to be to win a Super Bowl? They're going to have still- to reinvent what they do. But yes, I think they could. Like if they really develop a right because it was in Chris Collinsworth pointed it out last night it was very evident how how much of a difference getting their right tackle back was last night and eventually I think they get Bakhtiari back so their line could get a lot better maybe they just run the hell out of the ball and then Rogers carves people up on 25 throws a game that that world exists because their defense has a chance to be really good I still think the the Vikings are the more complete team right now in, in that division but the, the Packers are going to be fine. I, it's going to, I mean, obviously come down to those two teams. The Lions aren't ready to contend yet, and the Bears are not good. Uh, and, and so it's going to be those two teams. I, I still, to this day, I mean, even after a couple of weeks, I'm giving the edge to the Vikings. This game tonight is going to be big for both teams, for both the Eagles to be a legitimate contender in the NFC East, and for the Vikings to show that they're ready to play alongside the Packers. Yeah, the Vikings' big test tonight, for sure. I, I got to see their defense, and the Eagles will test their defense enough that I think we'll have a much better— And look, I picked the Vikings to win the division. I'm with you on the Vikings. I've been too high on them the last three years, 
and they just continue to, and I know Minnesota fans know this, they continue to let people down. Maybe they made the changes they need to. Tonight is when we'll find that out. That's a perfect place to take a break because let's talk about the doubleheader. You know, this is usually what we get in the opener for some reason, and I know it's been explained. I just haven't looked. I don't really care. Whatever reason, we're getting the doubleheader tonight. And, oh, I didn't see Earl. Yeah, hey, Earl on the line. We'll, we'll get you in here, Earl. I didn't see you in there. What's going on, Earl? Hey, real quick, I've just got to uh, throw out uh, three quick points, two in disagreement, one I told you so. One, Trey Lance, this will be the third year in a row he won't play much football at all. He's getting close to where that's too inactive and that dog isn't going to hunt. He played one game two years ago, just spot duty last year and another year off. You can sit and watch all you want until you play a bit. Three years and at that level, that's nah, not so good. Second, Tampa Bay's defense, dude, don't undersell that defense. That defense sure. is killer, and with Brady at the helm, and I'm not a Brady fan, you know, I got to reluctantly agree that he is the GOAT, but that Tampa Bay defense, in my opinion, puts him head and shoulders in the NFC, along with, you know, Tom there. And last, you remember you disagreed with me a little bit when Russell Wilson came to the Broncos when I said his best years are well behind him. He looks just like he did at the latter part of uh, Seattle last year after his thumb injury. Since his thumb injury, and, you know, Dak's going to have to deal with it too, he has not been accurate. He has not been a spry in the pocket. That broke him a little bit. And, man, Denver's got to be having some buyer's remorse right now because dude <laughs> is not throwing well, throwing well at all. He's, so I'll give you that he's not peak Russell Wilson, but through two games for me watching Denver, Russ is not their biggest issue. Their biggest issue is wearing the, the headset. Anymore, their biggest issue is wearing throws? the headset. I did, I did, but that's two games against bad teams where they have dominated them in yardage and everything else and it's like they're finding ways to try and lose these games they they're not they're being i mean hackett has done an awful job through two games how many how many red zone opportunities are they going to have and yes a part of that's on russ i think their bigger issue right now though is hackett russ is and i'll say this yeah he may not have his best days and i i don't know when you think i said russell wilson was going to come in and be the best version of himself my point with Russell Wilson is my point with Russell Wilson is he's far better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, and he is. Um, is he though? After two games, right now, yes, one he is. One? Yes, uh, he's better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Yes, the results uh, on the on, field man. speak for themselves. I got to go with yeah, Earl on this I mean, one. The, yeah. oh, okay. the, Bron- we the think we think we think Drew Locke would have the Broncos in better position this year. I'll I'll respectfully disagree with both of you. I'm, uh, you're, you're right, the head coach and how he's approaching this. And that was the big thing in the offseason when everyone's yeah, going to AFC West, man. you got two new head coaches. And guess what? The Raiders played the same schedule as the Chiefs had right now, and they're 0-2 with their new mm-hmm. guy. And guess what? Yep. Last time that guy was a head coach, man, he was the Tebow project. And uh, he, was the Tebow he didn't guy. last long as a head coach either. So, you know. Yeah, we shared a brain. I think, Earl, we all three shared a brain on that. The advantage yeah. to Andy Reid was why we had to – I mean, the talent level may have shifted, but the head coaching advantage for the Chiefs is just massive. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now that Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater could have, could have gone 14 of 31 for 219 yards, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson, what he's done in the past has been great. 
But I mean, hey, it's a what have you done for me lately kind of league. 14 of 31, 219 through the air. You're telling me Teddy Bridgewater couldn't do that? Absolutely he could. Yeah, yeah, there are problems that extend. I mean, there are problems that extend far beyond Russell Wilson. He's one of them. He's absolutely one of them through two games. Yeah, yeah, he's... I we're not. I'm not trying to disagree with anybody. He's not going to be Russell Wilson of Super Bowl, but he's going to be better than Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. There's no doubt in my mind. Earl always appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. All right, bye bye. Uh, we'll 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 chime back in with Earl as we make our way through. One thing we all do agree on. Yeah, that that Reed Mahomes connection is such an advantage in this ultra talented AFC West. I, the Raiders and the Broncos are still super talented. It's still going to make divisional games insanely competitive but two weeks into the season i think it's a clear advantage right now for the chiefs and chargers this is the nfl though god this is going to change next week we've seen this before let's talk about these monday night football games when we finish up on sports daily T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, just FYI on Russell Wilson. I, I am not a Russell Wilson defender. I don't know this reputation. I don't like it one bit. Uh, 
he was really good in the first game against Seattle on the road. 70% completion, 340 yards, a touchdown, no picks. They should have had like 14 to 20 more points in that game. No, he wasn't great against Houston. And again, I'm not a Russell Wilson defender by any means. I think they gave up too much, but I think they had such a clear need. And yes, he's better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Come on now. Come on. Um, what's happening in this world? What do we think about the NFL tonight, Tommy? You see any opportunities as far as betting? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple different things. I mean, I think that the, I don't know where the line has moved from when I got in on it, uh, but the the Vikings were were dogs the last time I looked. And I think so I got are. in on that. Are they still yeah, dogs too. right now? Did you take so the money line or did you take the points? I took the money line. I mean, I think that, I that there's the, the possibility there for the Vikings to win that game. And I, you know, I, I know that it's, Sort of a, I mean, it's close enough to be a toss-up, right? But, man, I think the Vikings have a really good shot to win this game. I do, too. I took the money line. We share a brain on that. Um, I really don't like any other piece of any of these. Um, I think that, that maybe my next favorite would be the over in that game, but I'm so disgusted on overs after last night. I'm not touching it. Um, the other, I, I'll tell you the other bet I like is a Dawson Knox first touchdown. I, I don't think Gabriel Davis is going to play. He got hurt in practice on Saturday. I hope you caught that for your fantasy team. I don't think it was very promising that he'd play, so I kind of like a Dawson Knox first touchdown. BetMGM right now has something where you can make that, and they'll refund you with a free bet. So that's probably what I'll do. But other than that, look, I think the Bills are going to win. Um, I don't. This is a good opportunity for the Titans, but the Bills are back home. Don't be home. shocked. Don't be shocked yeah, oh, if the Titans oh. cover that spread. No, absolutely not. Don't be shocked if the Titans win. The Titans are catching a bad rap. The Titans are better than people think. I, is Derrick Henry lost a step? That'll obviously be the big question for them. And man, Vikings-Eagles. Other than Chiefs-Chargers, Vikings-Eagles will be my favorite game of the week as far as how much I've looked forward to it. You can catch, uh, by the way, we've got NFL coverage tonight on KFH. We'll talk about that and the rest of the day on the network here as we wrap up Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.